0: Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcroft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Wednesday evening, where we are set to explore another movie. And as promised earlier this week, the movie we will take up for this evening is I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine, a conversation that I've been very much looking forward to. And a conversation I will have with one Father Mike Ritter. So, Father Mike, great to have you with me in studio another evening.
1: Hey, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Father Mike, over the past, oh, I don't know, two or three months, I have touched upon two different topics. And those two different topics were about evangelization in the area of music and evangelization in the area of what we talk about each and every Wednesday. Hmm. And this evening, we have the opportunity, I think, to talk about how. When you have a movie that's about music, (laughs) what you have is the perfect marriage, really, because I can only imagine is a movie that really offers up all of the background, all of the behind the scenes of, of what was going on, and really how the song I can only imagine came about. Now, this was a movie that was requested, but Father Mike, if it wasn't a movie that was requested, we would have done this anyways. A song that really is the number one Christian song all time. Yeah. It's uh, gone platinum twice. So there was a real thirst, I think, for the Christian world to, to get to know more about the song. And it's interesting. I was doing a lot of homework, a lot of behind the scenes, with the behind the scenes, if you will. And a few producers turned this movie script down. Mm. They said it just wouldn't gain traction. And if they only knew, you know, this movie had, I think, a $7 million budget and it grossed over $85 million. That's amazing. And it was just in a handful of theaters, really. I mean, That's right. what makes it right. so amazing. But kind of similar to The Passion, you don't underestimate people's faith. Yeah. yeah. When you have a movie that's about a song, you're going to get a double evangelization, right? You're going to have just not a reaching of the mind, but also a reaching of the heart. And when you have that kind of thing going on, watch out, because that is what's going on with this movie.
1: That's such a great point. I like that whole point of not underestimating people's faith because it really goes to show when that kind of faith community mobilizes, it mobilizes.
0: Mm. That's a great word, mobilize. Yeah, yeah, and
1: beyond, uh, you know, paying for movie tickets. I mean, it just goes to show when when something activates that gene. I mean, the the response can be huge and very very powerful. I mean, yeah. so that's I think that's something to reverence. Yeah, I uh, to have a movie about a. About music is really kind of an interesting thing for me. I mean, and of course, drama, as we all of these films we've talked about, have been punctuated by music and very much in the background, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I mean, nobody can uh, question how powerful music is to accent the different experiences in our life or to call them to mind. What kind of strikes me about this movie and this song is that this is an instance where, uh, as is often the case for musicians, where the music not only, you know, accompanies life, but really makes a life.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, a song yeah.
1: kind of creates a whole new life that that wasn't there before. You know, and we see this with these stars. You know, they come up with a, a hit single, and suddenly they're just projected off into the uh, stardom and the the, the, the uh, public and the rich, the riches, and all that. So it really is powerful. Music is powerful, not only uh, to touch us, to move us, but I mean, in really practical ways in the culture. I mean, uh, we're talking about powerful, powerful stuff.
0: Yeah. To use the phrase, Father Mike makes a life, I think is really appropriate because Bart Millard, the lead singer for Mercy Me, who wrote the song, his life would not have been made if he didn't embrace all that was before him. Mm -hmm. So the movie, I can only imagine, is not only a behind-the-scenes look of how this song came about, but in the light of how this song came about, it really went into his history, it went into his past, which was a very difficult past which was a very difficult history for him to reconcile because for Bart Millard growing up, his mother left him and his father abused him a great deal. He was physically abused. And so there was this real torrid relationship between he and his father. After he graduates from high school, he leaves, he joins this not yet to be discovered band, Mercy Me. And over time, he comes to see that what he's doing in the music business just isn't working out for him. And so his manager says to him, and I love this line in the movie, unless you resolve the pain in your past, mm. you will never gain direction into where you're going. Mm. Mm. Unless you solve the pain in your past, you will never really get direction in where you're going. And out from that, he went back home. And when he came back home, he came to a man who had been transformed. There was a great line uh, towards the end of the movie. He had an exchange with Amy Grant, and he was telling Amy Grant, he says, you know, when I think about this song, I can only imagine, I think about how my dad was a monster, Mm. but I saw how God transformed him.
1: Wow, wow, that's a powerful statement. Yeah, it really
0: is. So his father was transformed by Christ, and there's some beautiful scenes of uh, his father, Arthur, Played by, of course, Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid reaching out to him, cooking him breakfast. You know, he's got all of these pictures out when he was young, when when um, Bart Millard was young, and he's looking at this. He's like, "What is my dad doing? What has he become?" And, and uh, Arthur Millard, again played by Dennis Quaid, says to him, "Hey, can't Jesus forgive me? Why not?" Right? And he's not quite sure what to make of that because he's robbing him of his anger. He he's yeah. robbing him of all of that which he was attached to, and and he didn't like that not being on his terms, if you will. But over time, as we know, as the story is told, he does experience reconciliation. And also, as the story is told, Arthur Millard is suffering from pancreatic cancer and Mm. dies. Mm. And so the song, I Can Only Imagine, really has its impetus there at the graveyard when one of the family members says to Bart, man... I can only imagine what he's seeing right now.
1: And that's the beautiful line that's yeah. kind of all throughout the song. That's it, powerful.
0: It, it, yeah, it, it really is. And so that line stayed with him, obviously, and it was resonating with his faith experience as he was now journeying back to Christ. And then one day, you know, he's he's in a car and he starts to write the song. Mm, mm. And of course, the song takes off. In a striking, striking scene towards the end of the movie, and again, this is all based on a true story, and by all accounts, a real true story, right? Right, Something we've touched upon before. Uh, Amy Grant, of all people, was to use this song by Bart Millard to kind of relaunch her career. Hmm. And so there she is in front of all of these people, thousands of people in this huge amphitheater, ready to sing Bart Millard's song. And just as she was about to sing, she stops and she says this isn't my song to sing.
1: That's really a remarkable moment.
0: Yeah, he comes up and no she says, "Bart, where are you?" You know, she's looking into the stands and he's kind of <laughs> looking around. Oh, I'm Bart, but I don't want to go up there yeah, right and so yeah, yeah. she invites him up and and he comes up and she says to everyone, "This is a beautiful man and he has a beautiful song to sing with a beautiful message." <laughs> and he sings the song for the first time. And then he embraces his girlfriend Today, of course, they're married, and that was yeah, kind of the movie. Yeah. But a, a lot to talk about here, Father Mike. I want to go back to that moment with the, the manager, mm. specifically that line, unless you resolve the pain in your past, you will never really understand where you are going.
1: Psychologists will talk about that as unfinished business. Yeah. You know, that yeah. somehow we, if we don't resolve some of these conflicts, we kind of, we kind of stay there. Uh, there's a wonderful poem, really a haunting poem by a man by the name of Lawrence Rab, and it's called The Uninvited. And he mm. speaks of, he uses an old movie like from the 40s as a setting. It's really actually a brilliant poem. And he talks about, you know, the, the people in the old kind of horror movie that come into the haunted house. And he's kind of wrestling with, what is that? And then he uses that as, as an image of how our unresolved pains and anger and unforgiveness from our past, how they haunt us like ghosts. Mm. And then he comes to a very interesting resolution. He says, you know, the past isn't over until we understand it. He said, and maybe that's why these ghosts keep coming. Mm. He says, because they need to know that we see them, that we understand them, and that we forgive them. You know, seeing, understanding, and forgiving, uh, healing that that past is such an important part of moving forward, certainly in freedom, but, but secondly, uh, being able to be forgivers ourselves.
0: Mm, mm, Amen. Well, and for Bart, his past wasn't over until he understood it. Mm -hmm. Part of the process of forgiveness and reconciliation is really inviting Jesus into that moment. When you were reading that poem to me before we came on air here, you know, the uninvited, I thought, gosh, we need to invite Jesus into that moment. Mm. There is, uh, in the church, a theology of healing of memories, and in principle, the first principle as with everything, is Jesus Christ. And so what you do is you bring Jesus Christ into that moment and you let Jesus Christ conquer that moment to let Jesus into that moment and bring light to that place of darkness.
1: Yeah, no, I'm very struck. It didn't, it didn't hit me, the, uh, the whole idea of being uninvited.
0: This, I think, also speaks to just not the uninvited, but also the power of memory. Right, right, and the tyranny of memories. You yes, know,
1: and this is a theme. We've, you've, you've shared that before, yeah, the tyranny of yeah.
0: memories. Yeah, and, and we, we put it in the context of how we might look back, Father Mike, specific to maybe something we were really good in, you know, football, basketball, baseball. You kind of live in the past, and you can be entrapped in that past. Yeah. But also, also there, there can be that tyrannical moment in our mind and heart that we're bound to because of something that's been done to us. Yeah and we haven't forgiven this person or that person. And so we try to break free from that paralyzing moment, and in doing so, enter more deeply into what God is calling you to be uh, in the present, right? That's the whole point of this manager for Mercy Me saying, hey, you need to do this, because until you do that, you're not going to be the artist, you're not going to be the musician, you're not going to be the person that God is calling you to be.
1: So I think, first of all, I... With all of that, I want to say, of all the movies we've done, I think this one received the most glowing endorsement from you. Okay. Like, it was just, so <laughs> yeah. you have to watch it. You, you're going to love it. No, you, you, it's, it's so powerful. It's, no, you, you personally, you, <laughs> Father Mike, you will love it. I was like, okay, Joe, I'm going to watch it. You know, so it's.
0: Well, we, we've gotten to know each other here, Father Mike, like, okay? No, even but if really, it, really watch it. Even if it's on the air here, we've it's gotten so, to know each other. And there was something about this movie. Yeah,
1: but it is powerful. Uh, and I think because of all of these things we've talked about, music, uh, the, this deep question about relationships, I, I think that maybe there are two virtues or two uh, graces that are being held up here. One is the grace by which we look back and, and heal our past, and that's that virtue, if we want to call it that, of forgiveness. And the other is that forward-looking virtue or grace of imagination. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think because of that, this, this uh, movie, this story taps into two kind of deep currents in our life. There's um, I'm captured, and I know you you are by that the whole a- idea of imagination. I'm struck not to make this poetry hour. I'm struck by another poem now. Oh I
0: no, I know, I love. I'm a big fan of poetry, and, and yeah. I know our listening audience as well because poetry taps into that in a very similar place. vein. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, no, I can't remember the author now. I'll have to go back. It's only now coming into my mind. But she speaks about a meeting God with without fear, and she says, "What would I do?" You know, and here we're in this realm of imagination what would I do if, Lord, you were to come suddenly out of the woods? Would I recognize you by your step? Would I, would I feel the weight of the weight that you bore? Mm. She asked the question, would I fall down in shame and beg for mercy? Would I stand up and cry out exultantly that you're here? She says, or would I simply forget everything except the fact that now you're here? Mm. But that, that sense, that, that deep sense of a longing imagination... Uh, of the experience of the presence of God on the other side. Yeah, I mean it. It captures to me. It captures that same kind of profound longing or or uh, seeing into what we can't see.
0: And I suppose on some level, <laughs> if Bart Millard were here, I didn't see this in the movie or hear this in the movie, he would say that this song itself came from a, a deep longing, a deep desire, a yearning, a craving to what imagine the encounter. When I hear that poem, for me personally, my kind of breath stopped when you said, or would I forget everything and just be in your presence? Right. Because to me, that yearning, craving, long desire, all of it is about what but presence. Yeah. Presence. And, and
1: that's the song. I can only, essentially, the song is, I can only imagine what it will be like to be with you.
0: Yeah. John Paul II says, imagination as an exercise of our reason. Is also a faculty of our soul in how it allows us to enter into a moment that hasn't yet happened, but based upon our reason can yet still happen, yeah. right? And as it relates to God and heaven, we have divine revelation, we have all these things to ascertain what it might look like, and sure, God gives us these intellectual creative powers for a reason, one of which is to imagine what is there, and if there's another theme that is tied to imagination, especially in this movie, Father Mike, it's hope. To imagine is also at the same time to enter into that virtue of hope, that confident assurance well, of what is yet to come.
1: I think so, and more than that, I think that imagination is a deeply relational uh, faculty of the soul. Amen. Just, just talking Amen. about oh, imagination—we that conjures up uh, something unreal for us. Your imaginary friend when you're a child, or yeah, make believe. Yeah, yeah. But I think that for you to speak of imagination as a faculty of the soul is to touch on something deep. It's it's a it's a way of reaching and experiencing another. I give you an example. Far from make believe, somebody comes in and says, "You know, I've lost my spouse. I've lost my house. I'm I'm so devastated." My gut reaction is to say, "I can only imagine." Mm. You know what I mean? That that it's it's a way of kind of reaching out and encountering the other. Imagination is not. A faculty of make believe, as much as it's a a capacity for vision and and encounter. Uh, Somebody is really struggling, and we say, "Man, I I imagine that you're really hurting." You know, this is this is the um, this is a faculty of the soul that kind of defines the way defies the way we characterize our own limitations. I'm me. I'm I'm totally contained in my Mm, cells and my body. Yeah. But some part of my soul can get out of that and inside of you and meet you and and. So this reaching out of the soul, Mm. uh, and in a way that sees, and in a way that understands, and can even live what is not mine to live.
0: Yeah. And where we see this illustrated most profoundly is in children. Mm. You know, I have four kids, as our listening audience knows, and each and every one of them I have seen enter into this imagination. Uh, Right now, my youngest is four years old, and she loves horses. She loves unicorns. Oh, that's right. She showed me about 15 of her little horses. And unicorns. She's named, and this gets into the point, she's named all these unicorns. And when she plays with these unicorns and horses, she has very real interactions. And someone had the audacity about a month ago to come up to me and say, does that concern you? Mm. And I said, nothing has ever concerned me less, Mm. right? Because in the end, when I watch my four-year-old play as i watched my three uh, older kids play when they were four five and six did i see them doing something that was the most healthy thing that they can do and part of that is because of what you just said father mike vision hmm. why are my kids able to excel as they excel just not academically but in everything that they do i mean they're kids and they have limitations right but there's something about how they are wired as it relates to when they were three, five years old, that allows them to be the 7, 11, and 13-year-olds that they are. Um, my 12-year-old son turns 13 next week, so... <laughs> wow. Wow. wow, But uh, anyhow, yeah, there's something about what we do as children that is very healthy.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, and I, and I want to, I mean, to put this in biblical perspective, and I'm sure, Joe, I'm sure, you'll correct me because you're doing your series <laughs> on uh, Genesis. But specifically for God, I mean, His thought is generative. It's creative. You know, oh, like God, yeah. God, in a sense, he imagines creation into being.
0: Yeah. yeah. And,
1: you know, being made in his, in his image, we're certainly not creators in the same way, but that capacity to uh, imagine uh, really does breathe life.
0: Yeah. Well, let's, let's look at this. Uh, in fact, I talked about something somewhat related to your point in my study on the book of Genesis. You use the word generate. What does that word sound like? Genesis. Genesis. Genesis generous. Oh,
1: generous. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, missed,
0: I missed you there. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm in this, we're, we're in the book of Genesis, but I was talking about the virtue of generosity to the extent that really it's a virtue that shines forth because it is the way we imitate God most perfectly. Mm. God first was generous as He generated, mm. right? Generated man. So if we are going to fulfill our, our divine sonship and, and the glory of that sonship, we do so by being generous and as we are generous, we do that with our imagination. Father Mike, I failed to mention something from the outset. Something I wanted to do for our listening audience this evening is end our video program this evening with the song I Can Only Imagine. Ah, cool. So our time together is somewhat limited. So I want to kind of jump forward. There's a line. Uh, I was doing some homework on the producers, and there's something that the producer said when it came out that really touched me that I wanted to talk about a little bit. And he was being interviewed and he was talking about film. As you and I have talked about film within that Von Balthasar strain. Right. And he says, the wonderful and dangerous thing about film and entertainment in general is that it gives permission for the audience to do what they've seen on the screen. Hmm. Uh, He said this because he was talking about the the feedback he was getting, the early feedback, those initial screenings. And he had someone write to him and say, I haven't talked with my dad in 10 years. And after watching the film, your film gave me permission Hmm. to call my dad. And now we share breakfast, lunch, and dinner together.
1: Wow, that's such a powerful testimony.
0: It really is. And uh, for this producer, he had many other stories to tell about that. And I do bring this up because it touches upon the whole reason why we come on air here each and every Wednesday, Right. because even as that uh, poem The Uninvited spoke to, we live in a Christ-haunted culture, yeah. and if we don't reconcile our past, then we can't be the person who God is calling us to be. Right. Uh, and movies invite us into that being, if you will, um, in a very Again, not to overphrase it, but safe way and inviting oh, yeah. way.
1: And these movies call on us to exercise this faculty of imagination. That is, to somehow work out our own story inside yeah. of the stories of these other people. Yes, yes. I, I had a great uh, professor who used to tell us at the seminary, I want you to read novels, I want you to read stories because it's people, mm. it's relationships, and somehow this faculty of the soul allows us to live out the mystery of our own Uh, relationships our own being a person in them Mm. you know so so uh the director uses the word permission but this somehow working out of ourselves through through the efforts of these characters to work themselves out i think there's just something so profoundly true and and necessary about it and and for this reason i mean again these movies stand at the very heart of our culture
0: Amen. And it should be said, I mean, we've all had experiences, Father Mike, of death, Mm. right? Certainly for you as a priest, you've encountered it in in more ways than one. On my end, people very close to me have died, and it always leads to that question, or to uh, that inquiry, or to that reality, to that stepping into, I can only imagine. And it's very life-giving. So on one hand, it's tied to forgiveness, on another hand, it's tied to this reality of what is yet to come, and it really encourages you to, to be this person that God is calling you to be. It, it encourages you to say, you want to know what? There's more than life than all of this trivial stuff that we spend so much time with. Yeah, It's about seizing the moment and really embracing all of those things that God calls us to embrace. I, I've shared with our listening audience, I had a nephew live with us for, for at least two years, and He passed away. He was in a car accident. He got to be very close with my children, and my oldest son especially still says, hey, what do you think Joseph's doing right now? Mm. Every time he says that, it lends itself to this new conversation we're having, just not about Joseph and, and the encounters we've had with Joseph and his own journey of faith, but also, yeah, a response to the question, what is he doing right now? It's a fun conversation to have. It's a life-giving conversation to have. And, a, and it's a conversation we need to have more of.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and again, it speaks to imagination, not as make-believe, but as relationships. Yeah. Amen. It's, I, it's so important at funerals for people to imagine their loved ones with God. I mean, mm. that's, that's such an important part of the healing. Again, not as pretend, but as the soul's kind of reaching out and seeing and somehow touching a life that's not quite my own.
0: Amen, Father Mike. You know, for me, as we wrap up here, my closing thought is one that has us going back to something you said as you were talking about God's creative power, God generating. You know, when we create, we are sharing in the one creation of Christ, right? And so everything that we do out from our imagination, this great faculty of the soul, is but God working in and through us so as to reveal more of him. So everything that comes out from our imagination, all that springs forth I from our imagination imagine, should give glory to God. And this really is uh, so much of what is at the heart of what we're talking about here. So Father Mike, uh, as you can hear I the can music playing, if you can close us with a word of prayer and then uh, the end of the song, I can only imagine will will wrap up our evening. Oh
1: Lord, you know our souls long to be with you, and we can only imagine uh, all that you have in store for us. And so, uh, open to those wonderful promises, we ask for your blessing, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen
0: The website is joeholcraft.org.